just as music is a bridge that spans the gap between cultures and languages, a means of finding compatibility within a society, a link with other societies, the common human denominator, and all cultures have it and share it. Likewise, language is culture and culture is language. It's not only a theoretical expression, but is often mentioned when language and culture are discussed. The aforementioned theoretical abstract imputes language and culture as an intertwined intellectual conversation. For instance, a specific language usually points out to a particular group of people. When you interact with another language, it means that you are also interacting with the culture that speaks the language. You cannot understand one's culture without accessing its language directly. When you learn a new language, it does not only involve learning its alphabet, the word arrangement, and the rules of grammar, but also learning about the specific society's customs and behavior. When learning or teaching a language, it is important that the culture where the language belongs be referenced because language is very much ingrained in the culture. According to Britannica, every language has a history and as in the rest of human culture, changes are constantly taking place in the course of the learned transmission of a language from one generation to another. Languages change in all their aspects, in their pronunciation, word forms, syntax, and word meanings. These changes are mostly very gradual in their operation, becoming noticeable only cumulatively over the course of several generations. But in some areas of vocabulary, particular words closely related to rapid cultural change are subject to equally rapid and therefore noticeable changes within a generation or even within a decade. In the 20th century, the vocabulary of science and technology was an outstanding example. Learning a language is therefore learning the behavior of a given society and its cultural customs. Language is a product of the thought and behavior of a society. Kristen Savage advances the view that language and culture go hand in hand, whether it is folklore of a certain nation or simple day-to-day -day talk. Language and culture often define a person's views, traditions, habits, and their daily life. Therefore, the phrase language is culture and culture is language is very profound. The phrase language is culture and culture is language is often mentioned and is contingent on A. Language and culture are discussed and B. The two have a homologous although complex relationship. Language and culture develop together and influence each other as they evolve. Using this context, Alfred L. Cobrer, a cultural anthropologist from the United States, said that culture started when speech was available and from that beginning, the enrichment of either one led the other to develop further. Historically, 
the origin of language and its evolutionary emergence in the human species have been subjects of speculation for several centuries. The topic is difficult to study because of the lack of direct evidence. Consequently, scholars wishing to study the origins of language must draw inferences from other kinds of evidence such as the fossil record, archaeological evidence, contemporary language diversity, studies of language, acquisition, and comparisons between human language and systems of communication existing among animals. Many argue that the origins of language probably relate closely to the origins of modern human behavior, but there is little agreement about the implications and the directionality of this connection. This shortage of empirical evidence has caused many scholars to regard the entire topic as unsuitable for serious study. In 1866, the Linguistic Society of Paris banned any existing or future debates on the subject, prohibition, which remained influential across much of the Western world until late in the 20th century. Today, there are various hypotheses about how, why, when and where language might have emerged. According to Britannica, in the structural aspects of spoken language, their pronunciation and grammar and in vocabulary less closely involve in rapid cultural movement. The processes of linguistic change are best observed by comparing written records of a language over extended periods. This is most readily seen by English speakers through setting side by side present-day English texts with 18th century English. The English of the authorized version of the Bible, Shakespearean English, Chaucer's English, and the varieties of Old English, Anglo-Saxon, that survive in written form. Noticeably, as one goes back in time, the effort required in understanding increases, and while people do not hesitate to speak of Shakespearean English, they are more doubtful about Chaucer. And for the most part, old English texts are as unintelligible to a modern English speaker as, for example, texts in German. It is clear that the differences involved include word meanings, grammar, and so far as this can be reconstructed, pronunciation. Similar evidence together with that is known of the cultural history of the people's concern makes clear the continuous historical connections linking French, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and Romanian with the spoken vulgar Latin of the Western Roman Empire. This group constitutes the Romance subfamily of languages and is an example of how, as the result of linguistic change over a wide area, a group of distinct, though historically related, languages comes into being. In the transmission of a language from parent to child, slight deviations in all aspects of language use occur all the time, and as children's communication contacts widen, 
they confront a growing range of slight differences in personal language use, some of them correlating with social or regional differences within a community. These differences themselves being the results of the transmission process. As a consequence, children's language comes to differ slightly from that of their parents' generation. In urbanized communities, an additional factor is involved. Children have been shown to be effectively influenced by the language habits of their peer groups once they have made contact with them in and out of school. What is really special about such parent or proto-languages is that they represent the furthest point to which available techniques and resources enable linguists to reconstruct the prehistory of the attested and living languages. If enough material in the form of written records from past ages were available, it would be possible to group all the world's languages into historically related families. In addition, an answer could perhaps be posited to the question of whether all languages are descended from a single original language or whether languages emerge independently among several groups of early peoples. In actual fact, written records, when they are available, go back only a fraction of the time in which human language has been developed and used and over much of the global written records are non-existent. In addition, there are few linguistically relevant fossils comparable to the fossils of geological prehistoric, though a certain amount of information about the early development of the vocal tract can be deduced from skeletal remains. This means that the history and prehistory of languages will not be able to go back more than a few thousand years BCE and will be much more restricted in language areas in which few or no written records are available as in much of Africa and in South America. Many languages will remain not related with certainty to any family. But any attempt by these means to get back to the original of language or to reconstruct the original language of the human race, if indeed needed, there was one has so far been beyond the reach of science. The fundamental cause of linguistic change and hence of linguistic diversification is the minute deviations occurring in the transmission of language from one generation to another but other factors contribute to the historical development of languages and determine the spread of a language family over the world's surface. Population movements naturally play a large part and movements of peoples in prehistoric times carried the Indo-European languages from a relatively restricted area into most of Europe and into northern India, Persia and Armenia. The spread of the Indo-European languages resulted in the main from the imposition of the languages on the earlier populations of the territories occupied. In the historical period within Indo-European, the same process can be seen at work in the Western Roman Empire. 
Latin superseded the earlier, largely Celtic languages of the Iberia Peninsula and of Gaul, France, not through population replacement, but through the abandonment of these languages by the inhabitants over the generations, as they found in Latin the language of commerce, civilization, law, literature, and social prestige. Conquest does not always lead to the supersession of a language. Greek survived centuries of Turkish rule and indeed remain a focus of national feeling, as has happened elsewhere in history. Much depends on the various circumstances and on the mutual attitudes of those involved. What must be kept quite clear is the difference between movements of peoples and the spread of languages. Languages do not just spread and compete with each other for territorial use. They are in constant contact and every language bears evidence of this through its history. Modern Greek is full of words of Turkish origin. Despite efforts made at various times since independence to purify the language by official action, the Norman conquest and a period in which French was the language of the ruling class in England affected great changes on English and contributed a very substantial number of French words to English vocabulary. Hence, the quantity of near-synonymous pairs available today. Begin, commence, end, finish, kingly, royal, fight, combat, and so on. Importantly, in the scheme of things, language develops from the wants of the people who tend to disperse themselves in a common given location over a particular period of time. This tends to allow people to share a way of life that generally links individuals in a certain culture that is identified by the people of that group. The affluence of communication that comes along with sharing a language promotes connections and roots to ancestors and cultural histories. Language can function as a fluid and ever-changing identifier and can be developed in response or rebellion of another cultural code such as Creole languages in the U.S. Language also includes the way people speak with peers, family members, authority figures, and strangers, including the tone, familiarity, that is included in the language. Language learning process can also be affected by cultural identity via the understanding of specific words and the preference for specific words when learning and using a second language, since many aspects of a person's cultural identity can be changed, such as citizenship or influence from outside cultures can change cultural traditions. Language is a main component of cultural identity. After I have deconstructed the theoretical abstract, which is also a phrase, language is culture and culture is language, I have unearthed the fact that language is often mentioned, especially when language and culture are discussed. It is because of the two homologous, although complex, relationship. Language and culture develop together 
and influence each other as they evolve. Using this context, Alfred L. Corbert, a cultural anthropologist from the United States, said that culture started when speech was available, and from that beginning, the enrichment of either one led the other to develop further. What is also uniquely interesting, language's culture. Presumably, should languages disappear, invariably cultures die. Consequently, in this context, the world becomes inherently a less interesting place, but we also sacrifice raw knowledge and the intellectual achievements of millennia, a view espoused by Ken Hale, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, quoted in Davis W. 1999. The fact that this intellectual conversation, language is culture, imputes that the said language allows us to express our thoughts and feelings is a signifier, then it is also uniquely interesting. When these constructs are intertwined, it allows us to communicate and share knowledge with one another in a cultural context. Overall, just as music is a bridge that spans the gap between cultures and languages, a means of finding compatibility within a society, a link with other societies, the common human denominator, and all cultures have it and share it. Likewise, language is culture and culture is language. It's not only a theoretical expression, but is often mentioned when language and culture are discussed. Consequently, the same is now framed in ISBN 978-976-965-1210.